Here we go on a Friday. Well, well, well. Go Warriors and go Hoosiers. Go Santa Clara Broncos. We see you too. But man, did I speak it into existence? Is there any doubt that the Golden State Warriors are listening to this YouTube channel? Is there any doubt that Bob Myers' final act as a general manager is to leave me with the parting gift that is Trace Jackson Davis on a day where, let's face it, the Warriors were in the headlines and creating a lot of confusion, right? I mean, do, do you like the Chris Paul deal? Do you like the first round draft pick? A lot of people got those into the categories of, I really don't know. Well, it just so happens, and this is where I have to be a little cautious and not try to oversell you on what Trace Jackson Davis could do, but the one player that I am most familiar with in all of college basketball is the player that the Warriors came back around and with the second to final pick of the second round, Trace Jackson Davis is now a Golden State Warrior. The only thing I can tell you is that I think more than anything else, like, you know, Damon, do you like him to the Warriors because you went to Indiana? Do you like him to the Warriors because this is a player that you rooted for and know well? Or do you, do, you know, do, is there really a fit there? And this is why I like the pick. God, I wish I could bring you into my buddy's house when I would watch Indiana games and I would say things out loud like, you know, I don't think Trace Jackson Davis could be a star on many NBA teams, but he could really help the Golden State Warriors. I think he's a great fit. I think he's a great fit for the Golden State Warriors. I really do. I think Trace Jackson Davis, if you're looking, everyone needs a player comp. Here's my player comp. Kavon Looney. He's Kavon. How well has Kavon Looney fit with the Golden State Warriors? I think Trace Jackson Davis can very much be a Kavon Looney type of player for the Golden State Warriors. He's got impeccable footwork. He's got a great work ethic. He's mentally tough. He's mature. He is coachable. And when I get over to the Warriors press conference today, that's one of the things I want to talk to Trace Jackson Davis about, his coachability. Mike Woodson talked about how great of a coach relationship he had with his player. That's something that obviously Steve Kerr didn't feel he had with some of the young players who either were on this team or, in Jonathan Kaminga's case, might still be on this team. It is a very interesting time, and Mike Dunleavy has done a lot to change the Golden State Warriors in a very short amount of time. Um, by the way, I did get a text from Bob Myers, and um, you know, I, I joked, thanks for the parting gift, and he wrote back and just said, look, this was Mike Dunleavy. I liked Trace Jackson Davis. Mike Dunleavy pulled the trigger on this deal. And look, Trace Jackson Davis in the first round might have been a reach. The fact that he was the second to last pick in the second round suggests, yes, he would have been. I don't think Trace Jackson Davis could land in any situation and have NBA success. I do think the success presents itself to him by being a Golden State Warrior. He can pass. He can pass out of the post. He can see the floor. He gets a rebound and starts a break better than any big man. And that's the thing. He's really not a big man. He is undersized for being a big man, which fits right into the Warriors' modus operandi. It really does. So we're going to talk about the scouting report for him, the scouting report for Podzimski. And I was saying Podzimski last night. I guess it's more Jem 
We'll find out today officially at that Warriors press conference. And this, by the way, boys and girls, is why it's not quite the Whiskey Pull Friday that I promised it to be. Um, we have here Eric Johnson saying Whiskey Pull Friday when the plus is juiced by 1130. Uh, here's the deal. Because of this Warriors press conference, I can't get a little half-cocked with you on the air today. I got to keep it sober. Got to keep it professional. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm also not going to be wearing the Indiana t-shirt to the press conference. Had to wear it here, though. Uh, won't be wearing candy stripes to just demonstrate my professionalism. Uh, you know, hey, capital J journalist for a day, right? Speaking of capital J journalists, I got a question about Uncle Nick coming by. He's coming by, but after the live show, we're taping something, and I'll drop that on you later today. So look for me and Nikki Ferdell coming down the block together a little bit later on this afternoon. Um... Shout out, says Nathan Hyatt. Happy we got pod. Shout out the Broncos and Damon. We're happy that you got your Hoosier. Luke saying, Damon, you called it. Mike Dunleavy delivered. I think he's a fit. I think he is a fit. My man, Yosarian saying, I got the blacking and the dabs out for Club Plus. <laughs> yeah, well, again, you blacken it up, you dab it up, you go right ahead. I just, I can't today. And thank you very much to Michelle, as always, saying I got whiskey pull. That would have been for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Mom didn't make it, but God bless. Here, you get it. You get the sip of the day for the anniversary that might have been, Michelle. Here we go with the sip of the day. Ah. Ooh, that's good coffee. Anyways, great to see so many of you in the chat early. Again, more and more new names. Very good question here. By the way, it's Jillian with a G. Thank you, Chris. Uh, what's Jillian making for dinner when you invite Trace over? We'll figure that out. We're not there yet, but it's it's going to happen. It's not going to happen today. I'm not going to scare him away today, but it is going to happen. Again, True Blue Forever. Where the hell is Cousin Nick? Cousin Nick is joining me a little bit later on. The video will get to you today. I can promise you that. Um, this is... An interesting time for Warriors fans. There's a lot of confusion about how you're supposed to feel about the Chris Paul trade and, you know, Brandon Pajemski. Let's go ahead and start with the scouting report on the young man from Santa Clara, the Warriors' first-round pick. Because I'm going to be totally honest. I don't watch much Santa Clara basketball. I haven't seen much of him at all. I'm not going to sit around and evaluate a player that I don't know much about. This is why, by the way, I feel good about Trace Jackson Davis because I know probably more about him than anyone in San Francisco who's not working for the Golden State Warriors. And I probably know more about him than anyone working for the Golden State Warriors if we're just being honest. No one's watched more reps. No one's watched more games. But anyways, when it comes to Pajemski, uh, I saw the write-up of uh, him on the ESPN breakdown, and it says, look, this was from early March when it said it's hard to find a more productive player in college basketball over the past 10 games. Pajemski is now is averaging an outstanding 24 points, 10 rebounds and four assists and one and a half steals while shooting 57 percent and uh, from 57 percent from two and 48 percent from three which helped him win the co-WCC Player of the Year honors. Unfortunately for him, though, and NBA scouts, Bojimski was left out of the NCAA tournament with a loss in double overtime in the WCC tournament quarterfinals. So in his real chance to get to a main stage, we didn't get to see him. 
Um, he shot 45% for three on the season, but he's much more than that, seeing a significant amount of time in offense handling pick and roll in isolation and pushing in transition or coming off screens. He's smart when opening off hesitation moves, splitting or rejecting ball screens and passing on the move, but he's seen his production drop off fairly dramatically against better competition this season, shooting only 43% from inside the arc. In other words, when really good teams were playing Santa Clara, they had one concern, and it was him. So they focused all of their defensive efforts on him, and his stats suffered when he played better teams. That doesn't necessarily instantly project well to the NBA because he's going to be playing against better competition, but he's never going to be anything other than a wide-open shooter when he's on the floor for the Warriors. He really won't be. He's not going to be where your focus lies. So, you know, the one thing that I've garnered here from all that I've read and seen about this kid is what he lacks in all the physical measurables, the leaping ability, the foot speed, the pure size, the arm length, all the things that are measured in combines and are made probably too much of. It seems like the Warriors, if I can be so bold, in Pajemski, drafted themselves a basketball player. He might not meet the NBA standards of physicality in all of the measurables, but he's a basketball player. And that's got to matter at some point. At least that's what the Warriors are hoping matters. Uh, Pajemski had a highly successful pre-draft process that saw his stock rise considerably at both the NBA Combine and with private workouts. Pajemski fits the mold of playing guard many NBA teams are actively seeking, capable of playing on or off the ball, showing dynamic shooting with his feet set or pulling up off the dribble, having an excellent feel for the game, creating for teammates intelligently, moving to open shots on the floor, helping his team ball movement. There are concerns defensively, wingspan concerns, only 6'5". Um, and, you know, uh, average foot speed, but he's competitive, he's tough. And I'll tell you, when you read the Trace Jackson Davis scouting report, there's a lot of similarities in there. What Trace Jackson Davis lacks in what I'm calling, you know, I've been asked a lot of times, why, if your boy is so good, did he nearly fall out of the draft altogether? Well, it's because Trace Jackson Davis is the opposite of what I would call raw talent. Number one, he's 23. Number two, he's a little Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's got short arms. Uh, he is undersized at the position of an NBA front court player, which a lot of NBA teams just look at and go, eh, no thanks. The Warriors have won championships with undersized front court players, so it doesn't bother them as much. What he does have is a feel for the game of basketball, a ton of reps playing at high leverage competition. And look, I mean, he was an All-American and he turned himself into an All-American with hard work. He wasn't born to be an All-American. He turned himself into that as the son of a former NBA player, as a kid who's coaching for a former NBA player and NBA head coach. Uh, he's playing for Mike Woodson in Bloomington. And Mike Woodson did an awful lot to bring the very best out of Trace Jackson Davis in his senior year. And that, again, is coaching. That's responding to coaching. It's knowing your limitations, playing to your strengths, playing away from your weaknesses. This is where Trace Jackson Davis matters. This is where he matters for the Golden State Warriors. The scouting report on the ESPN profile said, and look, the scouting report on the ESPN profile is pretty darn accurate. 
You know, it's it's not inaccurate. And I'm going to suggest that if there's some accuracy here, maybe they're projecting a decent player in Pajemski as well. Because here's the scouting report. Trace Jackson Davis turned himself into an All-American and legit NBA prospect as a senior, leading Indiana in points, rebounds, assists, and blocks. No other big man in college is more dangerous pushing the ball off the defensive glass, passing out of the post, or creating out-of-dribble handoffs. Does that sound like a guy who could you know, do something with the Warriors? Giving him a unique versatility, projecting him to an NBA game when paired with his impressive explosiveness off two feet and timing as a shot blocker. Again, he's got short arms, but there was a stretch of basketball games where he was averaging like five blocks, blocks a game, and they were Big Ten games. That's when he's playing a seven-footer in Zach Eady at Purdue. Jackson Davis isn't a prototype for what the NBA is looking for from a big man. He lacks great size. True. Length for a center position. True. He exclusively plays and hasn't shown any floor spacing potential in his four years of college. That is true. He's not made a single three-pointer, and he's shooting under 70% from the three free-throw line in every season. That's also true. I'll say this. For a guy who's not a great free throw shooter, I've never seen him miss a big free throw. Take that for what it's worth. He's a winner. He's producing and holding his own defensively. He is best... Um, producing his own defensively are his best shots at convincing an NBA team he's worthy of guaranteed money on draft night. So the Warriors end up taking... You know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. trading him to the Wizards as part of that Chris Paul Jordan Poole trade, and they get back the pick that became Trace Jackson Davis. Robert Bryant saying here, look, Steph will be 38 by these time, get any playing time. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. These need to be for the Warriors to work as they're currently built. You know, the Dunleavy dubs, they're going to need minutes out of both draft picks for this to come together. And how many rookies get to go out in a second unit and play with a future Hall of Famer? And this is where, after a night of sleeping on it, the Chris Paul deal looks a little bit better. Jordan Poole running a unit with Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. Jonathan Kaminga, I don't think I like that. Chris Paul doing it, I, I I think I see some potential there. I want to thank our sponsors before we go any further. My man, Ike, you're looking for a delicious sandwich this Friday, this Saturday, this Sunday, really any day of the week. Get yourself to Ike's for a sandwich that is second to none. Godfather sauce. Don't be shy. I like a little extra Godfather sauce on just about any sandwich I get from Ike's. Um, I think this weekend I am going to get an Ike's, and I think I'm going to go back to my to to my roots. I think I'm going to get a Jamie Sirewich the next time I'm at Ike's. It is a delicious sandwich. Uh, you choose whatever works for you. I think I'm going back to a Jamie Sirewich. I want to tell you that the next time you're in the mood for a cheeseburger, get yourself to the Inner Richmond on Balboa and Fourth. You'll find my friends at Uncle Boys. Uncle Boys is a San Francisco original owned by San Franciscans. It's local, and it is a great place to go and pick up your burger on your way to lunch, on your way back home for dinner. Get your burger. They got a nice little uh, outdoor situation, little uh, outdoor dining situation there. It's a small, teeny tiny counter space restaurant, so you can't really eat in there, but if it's a nice day. It's a great place to grab lunch and sit outside. Get the onion rings and the lumpia. 
Uncle Damon knows how to order at Uncle Boy's. And when you are at the bar bellying up next, I want you to order a little blackened whiskey. If the bar doesn't have any blackened whiskey, tell them to get some. Uh, you need to pick up a bottle of blackened whiskey at BevMo. You'll be very happy that you did. It's delicious. It's vers versatile. It's smooth. It's also got a little sting in it like any good whiskey still does. Smooth and sting all at the same time. That's what I'm looking for. It's great neat. It's great on the rocks. It's great in a cocktail. Versatile. Like Trace Jackson Davis, if you don't mind me saying, thanks so much to all of our Plus sponsors. Uh, we could we could not do it without you. It's just really simple. We could not do it without you. Uh, Sporticus. Again, we're getting into the chat a little bit before we even slide on into uh, Club Plus today. Don't underestimate Chris Paul's ability to teach and mentor young players. This has been a recent need for the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, getting the most out of their young players has been a blind spot for this team. The young player they got the most out of was Jordan Poole, and half Warriors fans were never satisfied with that. There's an awful lot of wait and see. There's an awful lot of wait and see with the Golden State Warriors. And after a night of sleeping on the Chris Paul trade, and I still got people today reacting to a video that I I, I, I put out instant, like instant Chris Paul reaction. I had to run and take the car in for some service. And as soon as my show ended here, the Chris Paul Jordan Poole trade was announced. And I just went on uh, what YouTube shorts and said, it's real simple. I'm never going to like trading a 24-year-old who hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential still for a 38-year-old who is injured at the most inappropriate times, and that usually means playoff games. I'm standing by that. I'm, I'm standing by that. I never am going to like trading for someone who's 14 years older at the end of their career when someone is at the beginning of their career, but... I understand why it happened. Uh, I really, I'm not here for the amount of money being saved. I don't care. I don't care about Joe Lacob's money. You know, what about the flexibility for the cap going forward? All right. That's, that's a, that is a good element, but what is that flexibility going to turn into the unknown? I don't know. I, so I can't evaluate what we don't know yet for me to like this Chris Paul trade. In the vacuum of just next year, because it's impossible to evaluate this beyond next year, right? How much beyond next year does Chris Paul even have? For me to like the Chris Paul trade to the Warriors, three things must come true. Number one, prove to me that he's going to be happy accepting his new role. Chris Paul, who's never done anything but start an NBA game, isn't starting on opening night next year. Are you telling me that? That's part of his new role. He's coming off the bench, and he's good with it. No problems as far as Chris Paul is concerned. I want to see it before I just believe it. Number two, prove to me that after accepting his new role as Steph Curry's understudy and captain of the second unit, that that is going to give him an avenue to have a healthier year. Again, I'm going you're going to have to I'm going to have to see Chris Paul not pull his hamstrings before I am not worried about him pulling his hamstrings. That's just the way I feel about it. So I'm going to need to see him accept the role. I'm going to need to see the new role create instant medical benefits for him. And number 2, and this is where again, 
One of the reasons why I really like the Trace Jackson Davis draft pick isn't just because he went to Indiana, we're all for you, but because I think he fits the Warriors' style of play. I think he is a piece that will plug in and fit with the Warriors. I don't know if Chris Paul will. I got to see it before I believe it. Chris Paul's Suns teams, not evaluating him on any other team than what he was just doing with the Phoenix Suns. When Chris Paul was a Phoenix Sun, those Suns teams were in the bottom third of the NBA in pace of play. The Warriors are number one in the NBA in pace of play. Chris Paul's modus operandi is slow it down, survey the floor, and pick you apart with great decisions. The Warriors' modus operandi is we're running past you and we are playing at a tempo that you're going to have trouble keeping up with. Can Chris Paul do that? Will there be a stylistic struggle between the stubborn Steve Kerr Warriors who want to play their way and Chris Paul, who is officially got to be at the age of you ain't teaching this dog any new tricks? Will it all fit? There's a lot of basketball IQ between Chris Paul and the Golden State Warriors that is a wildly intelligent knowing how to win combination, but will will they mesh together? Is there going to be a, we're going to do it our way. No, we're going to do it my way. Well, you shouldn't have brought me in here unless you wanted to do it my way. So we're going to do it my way. Or I'm just going to acquiesce to your way. 19 years into my NBA career, I'm going to change the way I play to best fit you. I know what Chris Paul is to the NBA. What is Chris Paul going to be to the Golden State Warriors? These are legitimate questions in my mind. And look, I'm upset that Jordan Poole had to go. I like Jordan Poole more than most. I mean, I just have to accept that. Maybe you don't join me out here. I, I think that when it comes to developing NBA talent, it's a very difficult thing to do. It is not a linear, no setbacks projection. I don't look at a bad year of playoff production after a good year of playoff production as a reason to get divorced. But the money was involved. This, by the way, is money that the Warriors cornered themselves into paying him. You know, they, they didn't have to give him the deal that they did. So, you know, if you're angry about how Chris, or excuse me, Jordan Poole's about to be overpaid, be angry at the Warriors for giving him that contract. By the way, there's also this, just in terms of the Warriors' watchability there will be no more complaining about that call, bitching about every single thing a referee does or doesn't do than the Golden State Warriors. Between Draymond Green, if he does indeed return, and oh, by the way, Draymond needs to now re-sign with the Golden State Warriors, and if he doesn't, this whole thing is a fucking disaster. But Draymond Green and Chris Paul are going to have a who can be the bigger referee asshole competition on a nightly basis? These two guys lead the league in frowning, complaining, bitching, moaning. I'm already sick and tired of Chris Paul and Draymond Green bitching to the referees together on the same team. Referees 
hate the Golden State Warriors. They are going to hate next year's Golden State Warriors more than ever before. Trust me, that will happen. <laughs> Chris A. just dropping in here. Damon, so true. So true. It really is. It really is. Uh, they are going to bitch and moan about everything. They're going to blame referees for missed free throws. You watch. They are going to be pricks. What do I like about the Chris Paul trade? I kind of went through this yesterday when we did an emergency show right around the Warriors pick. Thanks to all of you who tuned in for that. Thanks to all of you who are new and in here today for maybe even your first Damon Bruce show live on YouTube. We got more people in here than we usually do. So I thank you very much. All of you, if you're not subscribing, please subscribe. At the very least, hit that like button on the way out the door. We'd love it if you did that, and it would mean an awful lot. And, oh, our first jingle jangle of the day comes from my man Yosarian. Thank you very much. A slow bench versus fast starters might work in terms of a little bit of a stylistic changeup. Yosarian, maybe you're right. That's a great observation. Maybe it is a little, we hit you with this style of play early, then we hit you with this style of play, and now you're going, are they playing man-to-man? Are they playing zone? It's a little bit of a changeup in the middle of a game. Now we're going to run some full court at you. Now we're going to run a trap. Now we're going to run the half court. I, I I like it. I, okay, I hadn't even really thought of it that way. Maybe that is the way it's going to go. Chris Paul throwing lobs to Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, and Trace Jackson Davis. I like that. I like that. What I like is that you have in Jordan Poole going to Chris Paul replaced mistake-prone for better decisions. I like that. How many more games are the Warriors winning if they're turning the ball over less five times a game? You know, call it five turnovers, call that 10 points. If you're taking 10 points up the other team's average on a near nightly basis, how many more games are the Warriors winning right there in that move alone? I'd like to think it's significant, but really in my mind right now, as the Warriors are built, if they had to go play today, are they, what, are they... Is this a lateral team in terms of where they were last year to this year? Are they winning four more games? Are they winning five more games? Is it a 10-game difference? I don't know. I don't know. I got to see it with my own two eyes. I got to see it work before I believe in Chris Paul's ability to totally change his stripes 19 years into his career. Brandon Pajemski turning out to be a contributor Trace Jackson Davis becoming the fit that I think he could be for this team. It's not going to be smooth, but it could happen. And you hopefully have everyone pointed in the right direction around that all-star break. I'm going to miss Jordan Poole, though. I'm going to miss Jordan Poole. I really am. I liked him. He was fun to watch. He was frustrating to watch at times. But the kid had wiggle on him. I think he's a real NBA player. You gave him a start, and he gave you 25-5 and last year. 25 and 5 at the age of 24, that to me is hard to walk away from at any price. You know, well, Joe Lacob's going to save $100 million. I don't give a shit. Do you realize that $100 million is only a tenth of a billion dollars? Like $100 million. And by the way, when it comes to a billion dollars, the, the, the Warriors are worth Dallas Cowboys money. 
Like there's no amount of money that you can spend on this team, a player in luxury tax where Joe isn't coming out miles ahead of where he was in the very first place. I understand it's a business. You want to make prudent financial decisions. I'm just living in the new world. After after being told you can put it all on the Underhills tab, you're now telling me that I can't get a lobster sandwich and a lobster sandwich? It's a little bit of a change. I'm going to have to get used to it. Financially responsible Golden State Warriors. Ugh. I want hookers and cocaine and a big night in the club every single night. Reasonable spending. Ugh. <laughs> Another reason why I think I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around Chris Paul is because I loved to hate Chris Paul. Now that he's a Golden State Warrior, am I going to finally be like, ah, I get it. I appreciate him so much. And every little dastardly deed is done in the name of winning tonight. And I get it now. And he's he's not the total prick that I thought he was. Uh, and I mean that as a basketball player, not as a person. I don't know Chris Paul, the person at all. But as a basketball player, he was first team All-American. Can't stand him. All the time. So maybe now I'll develop that acquired taste, that appreciation. What can't be, argue, what can't be argued at all by anyone um, is that the Warriors still really lack size. They're about the small of an NBA team as you're going to find in a league that has now decided to get bigger. They didn't necessarily get bigger in this draft, drafting you know, an, an undersized guard from Santa Clara or at least a a normal size guard from Santa Clara, shall we call Pajemski, and an undersized front court player in Trace Jackson Davis. But if they got two basketball players, screw physical measurables. If they're basketball players, well, hopefully it translates quickly. They pick up what the Warriors are putting down and they see the matrix in a way that Kaminga hasn't really seen it, that Jordan Poole kind of created the illusion that he saw it at times. You know, Maybe these guys see the matrix as the Warriors want it run and it all works and it fits together and kumbaya is the style of the day. But I'm never going to apologize for not liking moving a 24-year-old for a 38-year-old. All the mitigating circumstances around it should be secondary to you just traded away 14, 14 years, by the way, is a full NBA career if you're lucky enough to play in the NBA for 14 years. They just gave 14 years away of Jordan Poole for one year of Chris Paul and more financial flexibility. Now, if Chris Paul equals a title and a championship, it'll all be worth it and throw out the future and who cares and Steph got one more and that's all that matters. I don't know how much better they are today. Are they a little bit better? You can talk me into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's the beauty of sports. We will find out together. You know, they save $100 million. I don't care. Again, the Warriors are worth what the Dallas Cowboys used to be worth. Now the Dallas Cowboys are worth what you know General Motors used to be worth, for goodness sakes. But that's a $7 billion basketball team. Probably eight by the time I finish this sentence. These values just keep on growing up. Joe Lacob is never going to lose a dime owning the Golden State Warriors. Believe me. I don't care what he spends. I don't care if this year's team costs $700 million. He's coming out so far ahead every day, every night of the week. It's not even funny. 
Tim Bontemps, talking about financial responsibility and flexibility, he wrote that Chris Paul has a $30 million expiring contract compared with the four years and $140 million left on the pool extension. Um, that removes a significant chunk of money from Golden State's future books as the Warriors navigate the harsher penalties of big spending teams imposed by the league's new CBA. It also is going to allow them to add a $30 million a year player two years from now if you know it's one and done with Chris Paul. Um, it's again, we got a long way to go before basketball starts, but I'm already ready to go for next basketball season. I really am. I'm looking forward to it. A couple of other things here on a mostly basketball Friday. Indeed. Um, did you see there were three G league players that went in the top five overtime elite pays its players about $100,000 a year. They give them classes with real-world applications. So, you know, these overtime elite players are hopefully learning about managing their finances and managing the trappings of NBA fame more than they're studying, what, political science or calculus or whatever your initial first-year, you know, liberal arts degree gets you in college. These guys are getting tutored in a four-to-one student-to-teacher ratio, apparently is what Overtime Elite has, that gives them insurance and how to, you know, a, a chance to go in the top five. I mean, the game is changing. The game is changing. Three G League players go in the top five in this draft. A blue blood school can give you more exposure on TV, help you grow your brand, and with name, image, and likeness, probably pay you more than that $100,000. Not everyone, but I'll tell you right now, Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana, there were rumors that he was making about $600,000, $700,000 a year in his last couple of years at IU, getting paid more than the governor of the state of Indiana. Well, and he should. He was more important than the governor of the state of Indiana in Indiana. So there are new paths to the NBA, and then you saw once again the European invasion is not ending. It's growing. A lot of Frenchmen now in this league. We got uh, the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> I did hear a quote. Victor Webinyama, by the way, talks an awful about how the universe is talking to him and through him. He's a little space cadet from early impressions. But when he was asked about what's he's, what he's looking forward to, to in Texas more than anything else, becoming a Texan, moving to the state of Texas. Victor Webinyama said, I've heard an awful lot about breakfast tacos. I'm interested in that. You will love breakfast tacos. I haven't met a person who doesn't. So Victor, c'est si bon, breakfast taco. <laughs> I want to give credit to a guy named M. Grads, who I saw this on Twitter because in the second round, you saw a name that you might have been familiar with a couple of years ago, but he plummeted, Amani Bates, who was the number one player coming out of high school, the number one player projected for the NBA draft a few years ago. Um, he went to Memphis, cashed out at Memphis, did not play well, went to Central Michigan and played a little bit better than in Memphis, but not so well that he regained, he regained that status that he had in high school. Mgrad says Amani Bates was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a sophomore in high school, and the media told us that he was better than KD and LeBron at that age. He falls into the second round yesterday, and the media and scouts you know, who told us that he was next, the number one pick in the draft, are now just lining up to slander him 
The same people who propped him up are the same people who are now telling you he's a big disappointment. Well, he's a big disappointment because of and you know the, the expectations that media created for a sophomore in high school. And that's a shame. Here's the deal. Oh, the shame of falling into the second round of the NBA draft. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no one you ever worked with, no matter where you work, who's got more talent to do the job that might be in front of them than an NBA second round pick. Do you know how remarkable of a basketball player you need to be to be a second round pick in the NBA? You have to be extraordinary among the best 50 players in the world to be drafted by an NBA team in the first or second round. 60. But you've got to be remarkable. And if it doesn't work out, and the NBA takes remarkable basketball talent, chews it up and spits it out all the time, all the time, in the entire draft of last night, if 15 of those guys, if 15 to 20 of the 60-plus players who were drafted last night go on to sign a third NBA contract, and you're asking me, well, what is NBA success? Well, NBA success can be interpreted or measured in a lot of different ways. You know, were you an all-star? Did you win a ring? Did you win a championship? Were you a contributor? Were you a starter? Were you a role player? How many to- How many years did you bounce around the league? For me, there is no arguing with the amount of NBA success that you have had in one way or another to whatever varying degree it would be if you're signing a third contract. If 20 guys drafted in Thursday night's draft go on to sign a third contract, it'll feel like a lot, right? This league takes talented basketball players and chases them to Turkey and Greece and Af- you know all the time, China, all the time. Half the time, our expectations are out of whack because a media try, the media tries to sell you something that might not have been there in the first place. I've seen a few people accuse me of, well, Damon, you're so excited about Trace Jackson Davis because you're just an Indiana guy and you're thrilled that an Indiana guy is a Hoosier is now a war. Have you ever heard me talk about a collection of Hoosiers that, you know, oh, you got to draft this guy, got to draft that guy, got to draft this guy. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not trying to set unrealistic expectations. And now I'm almost feeling a little bit guilty that I've oversold Trace Jackson Davis and everyone's going to need to exercise patience on him too. But I think he fits. And you don't hear me talking about how, oh, this kid from Indiana is going to fit no matter what. You don't hear me talking like this. You've been listening to me for the better part of 20 years and you haven't heard me talking all crazy about what the next Hoosier is about to be. But I told you about this guy. And I really did think in the NBA, he doesn't fit anyone. But boy, does he fit the Golden State Warriors. I hope I'm right about that. Uh, Broomhilda did not dine in San Francisco yesterday afternoon, but the Padres certainly feasted in their series finale. They snapped the Giants' 10-game winning streak with a 10-0 San Diego win. Well, lick your wounds and get back out on the field because here come the first-place Diamondbacks for a weekend series at Zach Davies against Logan Webb tonight. It is a 7-15 start. The Giants are three-and-a-half back of Arizona heading into the weekend. The A's are at the Blue Jays, and they can say hello to Brandon Belt for the Bay area they can also say hello to their old pal chris bassett who they'll be 
facing today as Toronto's starting pitcher. The A's have lost eight in a row. Got Rob Manfred over in London talking his bullshit and just basically lying about the A's, how much they really tried to get a, a stadium deal done in Oakland and how Oakland was the problem. I'm not saying Oakland wasn't part of the problem, but Oakland wasn't nearly putting up the walls of not getting a stadium deal done like John Fisher was building. He went out of his way to not get the deal done, and he didn't. And Rob Manfred is in London selling lies to a media that doesn't know enough about it to ask the right follow-up questions. And all I can say on a Friday afternoon is, fuck that guy. It's been a great week. It's been a great week of growth here on the Plus. It's been a great week of interaction. I think we've dropped some good videos. You've responded to them, and I thank you so very much for doing that. The podcast is broken back into the top 25 in American podcasts and the topic of sports. I appreciate that. That is you wanting me talking about the breaking news when it happens, and no one gives it to you better. At least I feel that way about it. Thank you for feeling that way about it as well. It's been a pleasure having you here. Stay tuned a little bit this uh, afternoon. Watch this space. Hit that like button. Click subscribe. A conversation with Nick Ferdell is coming up. My reaction to the introductory press conference is coming up. Some little nuggets will be dropping over the weekend, and then we'll be right back here live Monday at 11 for another Damon Bruce show on Damon Bruce Plus. Thank you so very much. We're about to go into Club Plus. In the meantime, though, thank you for listening. Let me remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.